0: The package being delivered.
1: Since Capitol Hill, everybody has become pretty intimately familiar with how radical and violent the far-right truly is.
2: Start making a list, put all those names down, yeah. and we start hunting them down one by one! Yeah. Yeah.
1: Online, it exists in cesspools like the encrypted app Telegram or Gab, a Twitter knockoff popular among extremists and MAGA-types alike. And one thing many forms of far-right have in common is their hatred for porn and the name brand of porn, Pornhub. Our motherboard reporter, Sam Cole, dug into the world of anti-porn Nazis, so you don't have to. And here she is to talk about it. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. Okay, so Sam, your, your beat crossed into my beat and you had a pretty amazing story. I mean, amazing in that it's very insightful and very terrifying for many people, um, but it's an important one. Uh, So how did you find out about an underbelly of neo-Nazis on Gab and Telegram and and different kind of places such as this that I I frequent uh, in my own reporting Mm -hmm. on on that beat on the far right? How did you find out there were so, there's at least a small subset that was very violently, not only anti-porn, but anti-porn hub. And we're making violent threats about it.
0: Yeah. So we first caught wind of this happening. Um, a few sex workers on Twitter were tweeting about it. And then a source of mine, Mary Moody, who's a sex worker and uh, activist, damned me these images and was like, you know, heads up. This is happening on um, on these, you know, far right social media networks. but." Uh, we kind of dug into it more and located the actual groups that they were coming from um, and, you know, saw that these groups were, you know, like we say in the story, they were pretty small groups, but they're echoing a lot of the more mainstream uh, rhetoric that these anti-trafficking organizations have been peddling in for a really long time. And also like on, you know, 4chan, 8 when that was a thing, um, and Telegram and all these other places, Parler was a big one for a while. Um, Where people are just, like, vehemently against porn and want pornographers to die, Um, like, to the point where they're posing with, like, you know, guns and bats, baseball bats, and wearing, like, the skull masks and stuff like that. Just a lot of this very, like, neo-Nazi symbolism and saying, you know, a lot of just really racist, horrible shit. And it was all kind of from this place of, like, porn is the reason that society is crumbling. That's their whole thing. So, yeah, that's where I found it.
1: I mean, that's the thing: is you have this 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 weird underbelly of far right that hates porn, porn stars, pornographers. Sometimes, if you, even if you look at something like like the Proud Boys, they're often yeah. you know anti masturbation. So are I mean, so are other groups. And this is the thing that sort of for me it was it was interesting. You picked up on it. And it's a great story. Uh, it's all it's one thing that is across. All almost every single spectrum of the far right is anti-porn. From the neo-Nazis, the what you call the skull masks that wear the skull masks that are kind of their adherents of this thing called Siege, which is a you know very like deeply terroristic uh, far-right neo-Nazi uh, subset of of the far right. To you know just your garden garden variety uh, MAGA type. Mm-hmm. It seems like everybody is into it, but. I thought what was interesting from the story that that you did was that you found sort of this all all women's group mm-hmm. that were making these threats and were and were like brandishing weapons, which is to be honest with you i mean you had you had some great comments in it from analysts that that's pretty rare,
0: yeah, I mean that was definitely something that stood out to us too and stood out to you know the. The people that we showed it to who are researching these types of worlds um, is that women were the ones posting these things a lot of the times, or at least they were posing in the pictures. Um, so they were from like radical feminist groups, which um, that has a long history of like ex- excluding sex workers from conversations about their own well-being. Um, you know, radical feminists believe that uh, all porn is exploitation uh, and is also like upholding the patriarchy and all this other stuff. So... Um, there's, you know, that, that side of things where they're, um, saying that, you know, save your daughters from becoming this, um, but it's also like save the white race, save your children from this ideology of LGBT inclusion. Um, you know, and it is all kind of wrapped up in this, like bring pornographers to justice. Uh, and they believe that they're doing some kind of like Moral societal good by like patrolling the streets and saying that they're going to, um, you know, bring them to justice on their own and take it into their own hands, which was really the scary part. And you know, whether that's you know, them just blowing hot air and being you know, like online terrorists, or if it's actually something that they want to act on, um, is the question. But either way, they're you know, they're saying these things, and I think we should take them seriously just because of the track record of online extremists not being taken seriously and then when they do go out into the world and kill people you know it's no one should be surprised when that happens because they've been talking about these plans online <laughs> um mm-hmm. so yeah that's you're totally right that that was definitely a that was a unique part of this was that it was these radfems who are also like all about like Aryan unity and stuff like that but um christian
1: identity as well yeah
0: christian identity a lot of like religious speech. You know, the posting like wanted posters with like the face of who they thought was a Pornhub executive. It was some other guy, but you know, they put it out as like a a wanted poster against this one executive, posing outside of like the Pornhub offices. With it was photoshopped probably, but like posing with like a, a gun outside of the office type thing. Um, it's pretty clear what they want to do and what they fantasize about. But yeah, that was that was what we saw on Gab in particular.
1: It's interesting that they they really super dislike Pornhub too. Like Pornhub specifically, which almost Mm -hmm. speaks to Pornhub's uh, complete, you know, domination of brand identity when it comes to porn. (laughs) And also the fact that, you know, you have this huge surge in in far right hatred for Pornhub and porn in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we kind of um, connect the dots there with the stuff that they're saying about Pornhub and that they're targeting Pornhub specifically, but These mainstream anti trafficking, anti sex trafficking organizations are also targeting Pornhub aggressively and actually getting like Visa and MasterCard to drop Pornhub from their services. Like the things that they're calling for, these anti trafficking groups are actually happening. They want Pornhub to stop existing, they want to shut it down as their thing. And they're saying things like, we're calling for Pornhub to be shut down and its executives to be held accountable for their crimes. That's what a mainstream organization is saying, which sounds a lot like the gab posts that say all porn producers, people who watch porn, all porn stars must face justice for their crimes. It's almost the same exact language. Um, But they're focusing on Pornhub because that's what is on the mainstream surface. um, And people are whipped up against Pornhub because of those organizations, basically.
1: I mean, that's an excellent point. And I think one thing to remember as well is it's sort of akin to, you know, say the mainstreaming of anti-immigrant sentiments within the GOP. Mm-hmm. And then you look within sort of the same uh, political spectrum and you have far right extremists saying very, very similar things like we got to clean the streets up of immigrants. So it's sort of this like this, this, this yeah. interplay between what some people think is just like an OK above board thing to say and how. Really, when you when you break it down, it has a lot of sort of these hidden meanings that certainly are connected to white supremacy, to Christian identity, to, you know, anti-sex work <laughs> sentiments that I think mm-hmm. are really destructive.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And that's like the thing too to remember is that I think that people forget that, you know, especially I'm coming at this from reporting on the far right for so long. And when I see anti-porn Anti-porn conversations in the chat groups that I've seen before, you know, a lot of it—it's—it's not like they have a problem with—they have a Christian or a religious problem with, you know, exploitative sex work or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's—they don't like it because it promotes uh, interracial relationships. They think that it's—they think it has something to do with you know, this, you know, extremely anti-Semitic, uh, you know, the Zionist conspiracy, how porn is controlled by, by, by Jewish investors trying to, you know, corrupt the mm-hmm. uh, Gentiles. It's just like, it, it's so wrapped up in this, this really obvious white nationalist conversation that when you look at a story like yeah. you just did, it's just, it's really tying all of it together and showing that it's, it's kind of one and the same.
0: Yeah, it totally is. I mean, a lot of the groups that we looked at, um, something that they repeated alongside of all this a lot was a lot of really awful transphobia, um, and a lot of slurs against trans people. And also just, um, this really deep hatred for LGBTQ people. Um, like you said, like anyone who's not white basically. Um, and it is when they're talking about porn that you're totally right that it is, they're talking about being, you know, white women being corrupted, in the porn industry and then white men, you know, watching porn and encouraging it or being like weak because they watch porn. Um, That, that goes back into a whole other world or, you know, it's a similar world of like anti-masturbation groups where they, you know, that's a proud boys thing where they say, you know, you can't masturbate more than once a month. Um, You can't watch porn more than that often. Um, So they believe that that is to kind of, you know, make yourself stronger, you know, work on your willpower, but it's also a control thing because they are controlling their members through this, you know, sexual control. Um, And that binds them together because they're all in it together. So yeah, you're totally right. It's all, it's all so related. Um, You know, it's these very like subtly different groups that are pushing different ideologies slightly, but it's all kind of tied together in this like white nationalism, like white supremacy, World where they believe that these are the things that are eroding their hold on society and you know their place in society.
1: Yeah, and it, and it's really fascinating as well that they're all finding a home in similar places, right? Like you both have the the hardcore neo-Nazi terrorist groups that are being cracked down on by the FBI and other you know intelligence agencies around the world, and then you also, in the mm-hmm. same breath, have you know far-right groups that are just you know MAGA adjacent that are all preaching the same yeah. thing. And they're all kind of, you know, whether they're on Gab, Telegram, Parlor, these types of uh, of, of online forums and, and apps, they're all finding a place mm-hmm. for it. And it's, you know, it says a lot about like where we're at in terms of the internet today. But, you know, I think what, what it also kind of reminds me of is sort of the early days of outrage culture around this, like going back to the nineties and and like when you mm-hmm. and I were growing up, <laughs> when we were kids yeah Uh, and i it just i don't know what it is but i feel like right now this kind of reminds me of when you know you had that whole anti not only anti-porn and anti you know i remember like when madonna's sex book was just like everybody was freaking out about it and 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 losing their Mm -hmm. minds and then all all you know around the same time you also have this you know anti Marilyn Manson, he's corrupting kids into like Columbine massacres, into like watching pornography. And I feel like mm-hmm. I, for one reason or another, it, like it's almost seems like that era is kind of come back right now. At least for me, it seems like what we're talking about, we're angry about
0: Satanists again and
1: porn. Like, <laughs> I thought we dealt with that in the nineties, but Hey, I mean, you tell me, I, I'm just the journalist.
0: Yeah. 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 It's definitely, it's all, I mean, none of it is particularly new. Like this isn't coming out of nowhere. Um, it's definitely like, it seems like a resurgence of that nineties kind of thinking. Um, I think that also, I mean, a big part of that was, um, and you would know more about this than I do, but, um, just the internet was very new then. And it was this panic about what porn would do to us. Um, and like what being addicted to porn could do to a family and like, it would destroy lives. And, um, even before that, in like the eighties, it was, you know, porn is, uh, contributing to violence against women. And that was a whole thing where a lot of these anti-trafficking groups, um, that we talk about in this story, um, some of them were founded at that time when we were talking about like, is porn violence, is violent porn bad for women? Um, They started these like feminist groups that, you know, believed that Mm -hmm. and lobbied against porn. Um, But then it was like, it was about the violence part of it. And then, you know, in the nineties, it became like, what does it do to you personally? And then also, you know, are, are porn performers like ruining your mind? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And like, are they, are they ruining our families and stuff like that? So, (laughs) which is just like, it's all
1: like, yeah, which is so crazy (laughs) because you're just like, Just, I mean, look, I'm not a researcher, but I'm pretty confident that, what, like 98% of people have looked at porn before and going back to, what, the 60s and 70s? And, like, Mm -hmm. people still keep having families and still, like, people are getting socialized and seem okay. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. I feel like (laughs) it's probably not. I wonder if if it's the endless wars and, the like, the destruction of the financial (laughs) system that's really... Really created the most the, the most issues, or if it's just like Pornhub, and you know, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, who could say? Yeah, I mean, it could be porn, on. you know, but it could it also be like the destruction? Stormy like,
1: Daniels, she know, did it. Like she destroyed everything, <laughs> and then she even went so far as to embroil herself in her presidential. uh Right? How, how dare, dare she? she? Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it's the the way that they talk about porn is, I mean, it's just like it's so crazy to me that. They are attributing so much of society's ills to something that you could just, you know, you could take it or leave it. You don't have to watch it. Um, yeah. And
1: like, when, like, like everyone's
0: not looking at it. Right. Yeah. It's not even, it's not like you go outside and there's porn on the billboards, you know?
1: <laughs> no. And like day in, day out, Pornhub is one of the most trafficked sites in the entire world. Like, yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's huge. I mean, isn't it like top 10, I think, and yeah, at least I'm there. sure its network is. Which is crazy. That's, you know, the entire world. It's one of the most popular uh, destination points. It's like, I think it's like that for a reason, everyone. Like, it's not going away.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's, and they now, I mean, they've made a bunch of changes to the site where they've changed their policies to make it even safer. um, So they don't have people uploading whatever they want, um, you know, without verification to Pornhub now Mm -hmm. which was a huge problem before and that's something that a lot of sex workers were like please change this and which i think we've talked about before but they made Mm -hmm. those changes and and it's still not enough for these anti-trafficking organizations they still want it gone
1: is that is that new policy working for pornhub
0: um i mean i don't know specifically like on their end if they are seeing less like abuse of the platform they still have it like it's so you can't download videos you can't upload things without being verified Um, the biggest effect that all that has had is that, you know, like I said before, the payment processors like Visa and MasterCard can't work with them. So these changes have actually hurt people who are using the platform for an income, which like increases exploitation and increases, you know, the potential and the risk for sex trafficking. But that's what these organizations are calling for is, you know, for these payment processors to be cut off and then poor informers can't work and can't get paid but that does the opposite of what they say they want, which is less sex trafficking. (laughs) So it doesn't make any sense, but none of this does. So I don't know.
1: (laughs) You, you have, you have yourself a very, very interesting beat. And I think, uh, this is just another example. It's another example of how it intersects with all sorts of things in our lives. And it happened to intersect with what I think is probably one of the hottest stories in the world right now. No pun intended, by the way, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, the far right and how yeah. domestic terrorism is on the rise. And I think it's, you know, it's it's a pretty important one that you've you've uh, you've shed some light on its connections to, you know, the anti-porn movement. So, Sam, you will be on again <laughs> Thanks, soon, <Ben>. I'm sure. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah,
0: thank you.
1: All right, Mr. Lorenzo.
2: Hello, Ben. How are you doing? It's,
1: it's uh, you know, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's nice to be vaccinated. Fully vaxed boy over here.
2: The, uh, I believe you're half done, correct? Yeah, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I got that weeks. Weeks. Pfizer! Woo! This podcast is not sponsored by Pfizer, by the way.
1: <laughs> the only time you'll ever hear journalists like uh, completely endorsing a drug company openly.
2: I mean, if they want to sponsor this <laughs> podcast, I'm sure that we can make a deal. To be
1: honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, so, I don't know. That's maybe a step too far. But I'm very happy to get this this vaccine. I'll tell you that.
2: Yeah, yeah I bet
1: it doesn't make me any more uh, okay for the internet though, because I'm still allergic to the internet and it's bullshit.
2: The internet's it's still on fire. The, we still don't have a vaccine. <laughs> still on for fire. That.
1: Yeah, we don't have a vaccine for that. Unfortunately, I think that will take a few uh, millennia.
2: But uh, let's get to this.
1: Let's get to this. This uh, this first story. All right. So this one actually. This is kind of something you and I have have been talking about for years. I mean, not this specific incident, but the fact that the same exact nuclear power plant that was hit by a very sophisticated cyber weapon called Stuxnet, and it sort of kicked off that whole cyber Pearl Harbor thing, but basically the American and Israeli intelligence services were able to get through an air gap, which is systems that aren't connected to the internet uh, at all. They were able to use USB sticks, or so we think, to take out a nuclear power plant using code in Iran when Iran was at the height of its sort of ambitions to create nuclear weapons. This is back in 2009. It's like a huge, this is like, basically, I don't know how many cyber war and cyber thing trailers have been cut to this, to the Stuxnet, but I like, it's not just us, it's everybody, (laughs) everybody in InfoSec.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say that this is the most famous cyber attack in the world? Probably, yeah, probably the period. most
1: famous cyber attack, period. And then anyway, so then this poor little power plant, <laughs> nuclear power plant, it gets hit again. Over the weekend, there was some explosion, some mysterious explosion, and Iran uh, blames Israeli intelligence again. And of course, this is coming right as the American and Iranian officials are negotiating sort of return to the Iran nuclear deal uh, that President mm-hmm. Trump had had pulled out the United States from. Uh, and it was signed in 2015. It was sort of Obama's, one of his top, you know, diplomatic uh, achievements. But the thing was, today, you and I were like, you were like, well, they said it was a bomb. And then I countered. Well, the last time, people thought it was a bomb too. And it ended up being computer code. So we don't really know what happened here, but I guess we'll find out.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, things to unpack here. Um, so let's start with what we know, I guess, at this point. So we know that, as you said, uh, the Natan's the... Nuclear power plant in Iran had a huge problem yesterday. There was a blackout. Then uh, Iranian government sources uh, publicly said that there was a, there were some explosions. They blamed this on Israeli and Israeli sabotage. I think that's the word that they used. Uh, they also used some you know something like this is terrorism, which mm-hmm. you know that's the usual, nuclear, guess, terrorism. Uh, nuclear terrorism, yeah, nuclear terrorism, nuclear yeah. terrorism, which yeah. I guess is the usual Iranian Israeli hyperbole. At the same time, there was a Haaretz article that sort of speculated that this could have been a cyber attack, and, and I really want to stress, it's we don't speculated. know. Yeah, it's yeah, speculated, yeah, yeah, like the the line on the article is literally on the basis of past media reports. Yeah, one can infer that this was caused by an Israeli cyber attack.
1: Yeah, which which means which could mean because Haaretz is obviously has lots of sources in the in, in the Israeli government, so this could be just a plant. Yeah, or at least a leaked story, but uh, not to say the horizon isn't a good uh, news outfit, but yeah. you know they've got a lot of government no, sources. Yeah,
2: it's a great newspaper, but you yeah. know, this article is very careful not to say yeah. uh, out loud, and and the way they say it, it's in my opinion, it's a little bit wish, uh, wishy washy. You know, they're saying, well, you know, in the past uh, we did hack, you know, Israel did hack, yeah, you know, so maybe it happened,
1: and uh, you know, in the last time it was there was an air gap. Uh, and there was, there, they were able to get through it without actually hacking into it from outside the, the, mm-hmm. the, the system itself. But I think the things we do know for sure, watch what which, make, which make, makes this significant vis-a-vis Stuxnet and that hack is it's, it's the exact same place that hit was mm-hmm. hit by Stuxnet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for Ritter on the exact same sort of reasons to like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, continue to 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 mess with Iran's ability to enrich uh, uranium, which is which allows them to create nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and-, and it was also at the height of some of these these diplomatic tensions. So it's yeah. it is, and, and you know what the other thing too we should remember: at first, Iran didn't know what happened. Nobody knew what happened when Stuxnet occurred. Mm-hmm. But then soon after, when it was confirmed that it was, it did end up being, you know, a code-based attack.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Iran did call it sabotage.
2: Yeah, I think what's interesting here is definitely the timing. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. one, as you said, the talks are literally, they were literally supposed to resume today. So I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, Also, Netanyahu came out yesterday. Um, He he did like a little ceremony for Independence Day or something like that. Mm -hmm. And... uh, you know, he put out a statement on Twitter saying, you know, it's important to keep fighting Iran, uh, you know, they're a threat, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from the government, like, it doesn't seem, you know, the government of Israel has not come out publicly saying they did this, but they mm-hmm. are very close, you know? It's kind
1: of like, it's it's very similar to the way the Israelis have always been like, we don't have nuclear weapons. Wink, mm-hmm. wink. Exactly. Nudge. And that's
2: and as you were saying that (laughs) this is interesting because in 2009 it took uh, it took years for this to come out uh, Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, like the attack. I think the the actual attack I think was maybe in 2007 or eight. Anyway, like it took a few years to even for this to even come out. And Mm -hmm. you know, if if our listeners have read um, the excellent book from Kim Zetter on uh, on it, it took a lot of people. Yeah. You know, putting puzzle pieces together. So it's interesting that Israel is signaling that, yeah, they did this. Um, but yeah, in terms of the cyber angle, um, we, don't we, don't we don't know yeah, yet. We still don't we know. We have no idea. And, and, you know, it's important to remember that the Mossad is pretty good at their job. You know, they have sent people uh, in, well, you know, I mean, in Iran's let's... downtown. They, you know, they yeah. kill scientists in, in Tehran's it, downtown. Yeah, like so, literally
1: like over the summer. <laughs> like, actually no, wait, there was one that happened I think in the fall. There was a uh wasn't it that weird like drone attack? It was like yeah, a drone the, pistol literally or something insane like
2: Ah uh, yeah, that yeah, there were rumors of that too. I don't remember I honestly don't remember what the you know what the whatever it were, is but, like the
1: the Israelis know how to they seemingly know how to like do things inside of Iran. Yeah, yeah,
2: the Mossad is pretty <laughs> deep into Iran. So yeah, I guess we'll. You know, time time will tell. It's very early. You know, it literally happened over the weekend. This stuff is usually takes a little bit of time to to trick yep. out. You know, the the leaks will happen. There was a New York Times article this morning, um, that you know talked about that it was the fact that it was sabotaged. There were explosions. Yeah. Uh, just 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 know.
1: everybody just everybody wait for those WaPo New York Times leaks, and we'll know more about this. Maybe in two weeks. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm sure that the national security reporters that. Uh, at the Times and the Post are working very hard right now.
1: Yeah. All right, now on to another story with a Washington angle, but it's a lot, lot cheaper and uh, it gets a bad look. <laughs> this is Matt Gates I'm referring to. To be, to be fair, the Daily Beast did a fantastic story looking at his Venmo transactions and linking his Venmo transactions to someone allegedly who's involved with paying an underage woman on his behalf, or at least that's the insinuation from the story. Um, but you did a thing of... Well, you know, you can keep your Venmo transactions private.
2: Yeah, shout out to the Daily Beast. That was a great scoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went through Matt Gates' uh, Venmo payments, which were public because he set as them as public. The story. Yeah, well, it, it probably it didn't in a way set them as public. Like when you sign up for Venmo, uh, Venmo makes them public by default. So if you don't actively go into your settings and turn the, turn them private, they're all public. And you know, Matt Gates has. You know a lot of other people didn't do it uh, but you know, I guess if you're trying to get your friends to pay for sex workers and some of them may be <laughs> underage, yeah, perhaps you don't want to do that <laughs>
1: um, I, I just think like look, what like what do you say bro like what what did you what did you label it as yeah,
2: yeah, I was uh, the Daily Beast reported that uh, the label was the hit up name of the person. What? Uh, the, <laughs> Yeah, they didn't pu- they didn't publish the name, which I think was uh, the right thing to do. Uh, yeah, I mean the story is basically that um, yeah Gates sent a nine hundred dollar payment on Venmo to a friend who is an accused uh, sex trafficker, and yeah the the message said hit up name of the woman, and then the next day uh, Gates, Gates' friend sent uh, three payments of three hundred dollars to the three women, including this woman who at the time it appears was underage. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, this is an awful story. Really, you know? It truly like is an awful
1: story. Like, yeah. wow. It just gets worse, too, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, and we still don't know a lot of details, right? Like, this is just what's transpired so far. I'm pretty sure it's going to get worse. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we just thought that this was a good excuse to remind people that Venmo has still still has this weird uh, social media aspect to it. Um, yeah, which I, still, I don't I really understand. Ent- it. I don't really
1: understand why that has to be like why people do that. Like,
2: yeah, I don't I don't get why they are still pushing for this social media aspect. You know, they want to be some sort of a payments Twitter. I don't know. Like, I don't care if my friend what my friends pay for. You know, or no, I don't either. Who They pay. So um, I don't know. I, in my opinion, it would just be more um, sensible to just set it up as private, and, and not because you know I want politicians to hide their crimes. You know, this is this is a good good story in a sense, right? That That's a great uh, we story. Were able to find out, yeah. But I think I think the
1: the bigger question is like, do you really need to see everyone's transactions just from a privacy point of, point of view? Period.
2: Yeah, and and as we reported on Motherboard many times, a lot of our colleagues have over the years. Uh, researchers have showed that, you know, it's relatively easy to find, you know, whether your friends have paid for weed or drugs, mm-hmm. you know, like a, there's like emojis that people tend to use for that kind of thing. Yep. And it's like, just set it private, you know, just set it private. It's going to be better, better for everyone. Yeah, totally. And, you know, in case of crimes, the feds can still get the details because they're going to subpoena Venmo. So, you know, we're not, obviously we're not trying to protect criminals here. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Um, okay, well, um, let's get to this final one, which is uh, not the best, actually, <laughs> for a lot of people uh, who are very upset to see this. But Amazon successfully uh, busted the union that was being uh, being tried down in Alabama, and Lauren was there for it.
2: Yeah, this is kind of bad news if you're, you know, into labor rights. Um, Amazon won uh, essentially. Amazon won the election, which means that. Um, enough Amazon workers at the warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama, voted against the union. So, yeah, effectively, the the union um, push in Bessemer is right now dead. Uh, There is still some, um, the retail, wholesale, and department store union has already said that they're going to challenge. There are some ballots that need to be challenged or that the, the, the union is going to challenge, but those will not be enough even if they get overturned. But what the union is saying is that Amazon used uh, essentially illegal tactics to convince workers to vote against the union. You know, and and Lauren has obviously has done a great job over the last few months, uh, reporting all the details uh, of this uh, anti-union uh, campaign. You know, it includes social media surveillance. Pamphlets sent to the workers, uh, even um, trainings that Amazon forced them to watch—that uh, was were essentially, you know, propaganda, anti-union propaganda. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a labor lawyer. I don't know if this is going to stand, but uh, it's I know definitely they're tra- not. Good they're look.
1: challenging it. Yeah, they're challenging it. I, I, I have seen some stuff already saying that there's there's some other places in in the U.S. that people may try to unionize Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think one thing is that I keep I, I keep forgetting whenever I hear about this story, and I think that's important for other people to remember is that you know Amazon has been unionized in Europe many hmm. times. Like, it's not this isn't new for the company. It would be new for the U.S.
2: And this is not going to be the end of the company.
1: No, no. And I like I just I I, I keep forgetting that I'm like, wow, so there's union, there's Amazon unions uh, around the world, just not just not in the U.S.
2: Yeah, and. I think it's it's a lot of this is a really bad look for Amazon. You know, despite the victory, mm-hmm. this is a bad look because uh, I think we, it was just a week or two ago that we were talking about um, the pee bottle scandal, if you will. Yeah, exactly. When, uh, when Amazon's uh, main PR account on Twitter was going around just randomly reply, replying to randoms, essentially saying, oh, you don't believe the reports that our drivers... In bottles, and then the next day, Lauren literally published pictures of the pee bottles, which was an ama- yeah, was, amazing, amazing scoop, and also like I don't know, really bad look for Amazon. Come on, great dunk! Yeah, it was great dunk. It was it
1: was it was it was a, it was a, that was a pretty great story. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, I just remember when the the Amazon, I think it was like the Comms account, the mm-hmm. Twitter account, was wiling out wiling. Yeah, I mean, again, like it was also getting, it was also getting like r- Twitter ratioed by people.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just don't say that, you know. Like, what are you gaining yeah, it was by, just, it by? was just,
1: st- I was like, it's like somebody's not sleeping enough or something like that. Yeah, propaganda this, this gone wild. Drive. You know, like I understand yeah, some yeah, totally.
2: need to counter the union uh, points and arguments, but that's just like you're really shooting yourself in the foot with that.
1: Yeah, but I guess in the end, they did win.
2: Yeah, but it as you win. said, this is just like one of uh, potentially many other votes. You know, there's more warehouses that are organizing, so we'll see.
1: I mean, I, I kind of, it definitely makes you wonder if uh, if it's more when it will happen, not if it'll happen.
2: Yeah, exactly. I wonder if like we're gonna look back at this in a year and say, well, this was you know a setback, but some other warehouse in New York, California, who knows where. Uh, did it and you know i guess maybe just one doing it will open the floodgates i guess we'll see
1: yeah agreed all right well uh kiss lorenzo that was a that was a spicy cipher it's a lot in there a lot of discussion
2: yeah, yeah crazy week
1: well i'll uh, i'll catch you next week
2: yeah talk to you later Ben.